Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. It's time to turn on the Shark Spotlight. Today, the spotlight is on San Jose Sharks winger Matt Nieto, a Long Beach, California native who has made his way around the National Hockey League's Western Conference with a great deal of style and a great deal of intensity. Drafted 47th overall in the second round of 2011 by the Sharks out of Boston University, Nieto used that pedigree under head coach Jack Parker to parlay it into a pro career when a lot of people didn't expect that he would even do it. He grew up in Long Beach. His dad, Jesse, is a longshoreman, and his mother, Mary, is a Nordstrom makeup artist. You could say that the work ethic of his dad and the artistry of his mom is what is a perfect explanation for the type of hockey player that Matt Nieto is. Matt started his life in Long Beach with humble beginnings. When he was only two years old, Nieto became really interested in rollerblading when he saw his sister do it. A little bit later on, his grandfather bought him a miniature hockey stick. And even though nobody in the family was totally involved with the game, Nieto just fell in love with it. As a youth, Matt played in the 2004 and 2005 Quebec International Pee Wee Hockey Tournaments with the L.A. Hockey Club, and he was teammates with future NHLers Emerson Edom and Rocco Grimaldi. Given the fact that he's also been a part of the United States National Team Development Program in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Matt took particular pleasure in seeing the United States take the gold medal in the recent World Junior Tournament. Yeah, that was a... uh... That, that was an awesome finish to the tournament for sure. Um, you know, both teams were, were really good. And um, yeah, the, the U.S. really played well in that final game. It was it was nice to see. It was his time with the national team that Matt really started to get noticed by college teams and also by teams in the Western Hockey League. You know, that I think that's when my career really took off. And, um, you know, I got to we got to go to the international tournaments, which was really cool. And, um, you know, see the players, best players from each country and, um, you know, really build a a good relationship with all my teammates as we were together there for two, two full years and, um, able to accomplish, uh, winning a world championship together. So that was, that was an unbelievable experience. He was on the Tri-City Americans negotiation list, but he chose to go to Boston university ahead of another recruiting job done by arch-rival Boston College. Yeah, so so when I was at the national team, um, you know, I started getting approached by some schools and, and um, the WHL. And um, a reason I chose to go to Boston University, um, not only because it's such a great school, but also because no one in my family had really ever gotten the a college education. So I think that was, was important to me also. And um, yeah, Boston university were some of the best years of my life and um, you know, met some amazing people and uh, hockey wise, it was, it was a great place to play. Um, 
you know, the rink is amazing and um, the student fans and that student uh, atmosphere at a hockey game is um, something totally different than at the pro level. Matt really flourished in Boston at BU. Of course, that city has a wonderful college atmosphere. And it's also home to the Bruins and a variety of professional teams, including at the time the Worcester Sharks, only 45 minutes away and a place where Matt would later perform as a pro. In our conversation, he told us a little bit about that Boston hockey environment that he enjoyed so much. Yeah, it was it was really special. And, um, you know, being able to, to live in Boston right in the city and, and go to school, it was was really cool. You know, I um, I really liked the city of Boston. And like you said, all, all the teams were were in close proximity. And so. Um, we didn't have to do a lot of travel, you know, every, every time we played on the weekends, it was, you know, usually a short bus right away for our game. So, um, yeah, um, that was like my first taste of the, of the East coast. And, um, you know, I fell in love with it. And even after, you know, my first couple of pro years, I, I would go back to Boston and train in the off season. Matt played three years at Boston university and he has yet to get his college diploma. But he says that's on his mind to finish for sure. Um, I have not been able to to finish yet, but um, once I once I stop playing hockey and retire, I, I am definitely gonna uh, gonna finish because I'm I'm really close to finishing, and uh, <laughs> that's something that's important to me. Matt is fully aware of the fact that not only would graduating and earning his degree be a great achievement on its own, but it would also be a mark of pride for his entire family. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I remember when, um, you know, I was still going to Boston university and, um, actually Jay Pandolfo was, was finishing his, uh, his schooling and it was something that was important to him. And, um, you know, I always look back at that and, um, as like a reference that, um, it's something that I should do. And, um, you know, it, it's something that's just really nice to have in your back pocket. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to I look forward to finishing one day. Most professional athletes have a lot of natural talent, but a lot of that great ability comes from hard work. Where did Matt Nieto become such a great skater? Um, I think I think the skating part was more natural. Um, like I said, I used to rollerblade when I was still in diapers. Like I I I learned to skate when I was when I was extremely young and that's, that's all I knew. And that's all I did. So, um, I think part of, you know, part of that has something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, since I was a toddler, you know, skating is what I loved and any, anytime I got a chance to skate, whether it, you know, on the ice or, uh, rollerblading, that's just, that's just what I did. Was it really because you saw your sister rollerblading and you just wanted to be as fast as she was? I don't really know what it was. I think my sister had a pair of skates and I was extremely jealous. And so I made my parents give me a pair. And um, yeah, that's when that's when I fell in love, fell in love with skating. And I yeah, like I said, I used to I used to sleep in them. And um, yeah, I think I still have my uh, very first pair of skates, too. I think my parents have it in their garage. So it's uh, it's pretty funny. Each player has his own unique story about how he was contacted first by the team that eventually drafted him, whether it was through an interview or whether it was simply by hearing his name called at the draft table. What's your story, Matt? When did you first become aware that the Sharks were interested in you? 
yeah, the first time I talked to the Sharks was at the NHL Combine, and I I met a lot of teams. Uh, I met a lot of teams at the Combine, and um, you know, had interviews with them. And it's funny because I, at the end of the day, I thought my interview with San Jose didn't go so well. So I was like, I don't know if they're going to pick me. Um, and then come, come draft day, um, you know, that's the team that, that ended up choosing me. And um, yeah, that to, to be drafted by them was, was extremely cool. Um, extremely cool being drafted by a California team and um you know, once, once I got to the organization and, uh, met everybody, it's, it's such a close, uh, family and, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, something I'll, I'll never forget getting drafted there. Given all of your travels around the world of hockey growing up, going all the way up to Quebec when you were a peewee, going to Salisbury School to prep school for a while, and going to the U.S. National Development Program in Ann Arbor, and then to Boston with the Bruins and all of those college teams, and having grown up in California, did you have a favorite hockey team growing up? Uh, yeah, my favorite team was the Ducks growing up. Um, I used to watch, you know, every game and reenact what was happening with my mini hockey stick, and um I also enjoyed watching the Mighty Ducks movies growing up. So I was I was always a Ducks fan growing up. And uh, Paul Correa was my favorite player. So, um, yeah, uh, growing up, I was a Ducks fan. It's kind of interesting that Paul Correa was your favorite player because he took the same route you did. He went and played college hockey at Maine in the same league as BU. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy that he played in that Hockey East division. Um you know, the, the same that same division that BU is in. So um, that was pretty cool. And I always remember, you know, playing at Maine and, you know, seeing, you know, pictures of him up on the up on the wall and his name up in the rafters. And it was, it was always something that was pretty cool. What was your knowledge of the Sharks back in those years? Well, when I was a kid growing up, obviously the first thing that I knew was the logo. <laughs> um, you know, the, the logo is something that... Uh, you know, has been around for a long time. And, um, you know, as, as I was getting older and, um, you know, the draft was coming up, um, you know, it's a team that had, had a bunch of names that I, that I love to watch. And, um, you know, I, I used to watch their games a lot because of that. And, um, you know, they were, they were a team that were always, you know, in the playoffs and, um, always up there in the standings. So, um, I, I was really excited when my name was called to go there. And go there he did. After playing 13 games in the AHL for head coach Roy Sommer and the Worcester Sharks, Matt Nieto became a member of the Sharks. Matt became a member of the Sharks to stay in the 13-14 season. His first game was on October the 3rd, 2013 against the Vancouver Canucks at the Shark Tank. And just a few days later, on a memorable night, Matt would pick up his first NHL goal and assist against the New York Rangers and goaltender Henrik Lundqvist. Sharks fire into the Rangers zone. The Edo deflects it off of a Ranger pass by John Moore. That went on goal, and boy, what an alert stop by Lundqvist as the Rangers barely clear it out. Nieto's the first guy to the back check. Beats Pavelski, goes down the right, brilliant pass across the ice. Wingle stops it, throws it in front. Nieto shoots. He scores! First NHL goal for Matt Nieto, and it was a thing of beauty with his line mates, Tommy Wingles and Joe Pavelski. Sharks three, Rangers one.
Scrambling to try to get control of the puck, but the Sharks steal it again. Good play on the boards by Demers. Got it now to Desjardins. Skates down the right wing side into the Rangers' own in front. Tipped by Hurdle, and he scores! Everybody's into the act. Andrew Desjardins, a brilliant feed right through the stick of Dan Girardi and just putting his stick on the ice, 19-year-old Tomas Hurdle gets his third goal of the season at 9-19, and the Sharks have a 4-1 lead. From the faceoff now, Dan Boyle looks for Tomas Hurdle, who now makes the defensive play against Callahan and steals the puck, and I should say McDonough. McDonough lost it to Hurdle. Now it's put back to the point. Boyle swings and breaks his stick trying the one-timer. He's got a backskate. Joe Thornton takes it away as the puck hit the shaft of the broken stick. Headman, a breakaway for Hurdle. He moves in and he scores! The Sharks are unstoppable right now. The puck hit the broken stick of Dan Boyle, which was falling on the ice. It bounced to Joe Thornton. He headmanned to Hurdle for a breakaway. And Hurdle with a brilliant dig. Knocks in his second goal of the night, fourth of the year, and now it's the Sharks six, and the Rangers one. Sharks going with Kennedy, Burns, and Hurdle on the power play. Back on defense, Demers and Irwin. Demers is in the slot, gets it in front. There's a shot by Hurdle. He scores, and he's got a hat trick. Thomas Hurdle becomes the first player in the National Hockey League since Buddy Cloutier to get five goals in his first three games. Hats are all over the ice. Tomas Hurdle, a power play goal, and his first career hat trick. The Sharks lead 7-2. Rangers pick up. Two Sharks back right away. Both defensemen, Demers and Irwin. As the Rangers carry to center and shoot in. Rossard, Richards off the ice. And Coach Alain Vigneault changing the line. But a headman feed. Hurdle has three goals. He walks it in a breakaway. He makes the move, and he scores. What a brilliant move by Tomas Hurdle as he scores his fourth goal. Eight to two, Sharks lead the Rangers, and that was his best goal yet. There were a lot of high moments that year, but there were some dastardly lows, including a terrible disappointment in the playoffs when the Sharks had a three games to nothing lead over Los Angeles and ended up losing the series in seven. Matt will never forget it. Yeah, that one still hurts. You know, uh, every time I think about it, you know, even now it's... Uh, yeah, something that, you know, I don't I don't really want to talk or think about. But, um, you know, it, I mean, that just goes to show how, you know, crazy and unpredictable the, the game can really be. Losing a playoff series in that fashion and then missing the postseason the very next campaign has got to be at the bottom of Matt Nieto's list of things to talk about. But he will never stop talking about the experience of the following year, 2016 the year that the San Jose Sharks went to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time, and Matt Nieto was right there in the locker room with the rest of the Sharks. That year was amazing. Um, you know, we, the the team had a different feel to it that year where, um, you know, what, whatever would happen on the ice if, you know, things weren't going well, we had that that deep belief in the locker room that we would we would find a way to to overcome, you know, the adversity that came our way. So, um, you know, we, we really had that mindset for, for that whole season. And, um, you know, it took us all the way to the Stanley cup final. And unfortunately, you know, we came up a little bit short, but, um, I think everyone in that room 
really learned a lot about the team that year and, um, you know, what it takes to, to win a Stanley Cup. What was it like being on the ice in that last game in the St. Louis series in round three when you knew you were going to the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, the, the atmosphere at those games um, were, were incredible. And, um, you know, you know, playoff games are usually tend to be like that. But once you get to, you know, the Western Conference final and and the Stanley Cup final, it's, you know, it's elevated even more. And, um, you know, you're in warm ups and it sounds like, you know, there's one minute left in the third period. So it's it's a really cool experience. And, um, you know, I, I would love to get back there one day. Four seasons with the Sharks were certainly memorable for Matt Nieto, but after a slow start in the 16-17 campaign, he was claimed on waivers by the Colorado Avalanche on January 5, 2017. While disappointed that he was leaving San Jose, Nieto has grown to appreciate the fact that general manager Doug Wilson has always put him into a position to succeed and to get better. The move to Colorado was just that. Yeah, 100%. Um... You know, at, I had, was having a tough year and, um, you know, Doug allowed me the opportunity for, um, you know, a fresh start with a new team. And uh, that was Colorado. And, um, you know, at the time in Colorado, uh, you know, we were having a really bad year. I think we, we you know, we were last place that season. Um, but, you know, we were able to come back the next couple of years and, um, as a team, you know, be a playoff team for the last number of years. And personally, um, you know, I kind of figured my game out and was able to, you know, become the player that I am now. Matt found his groove in Colorado and spent four years with the Avalanche as a very valuable member of that club. Over that time, he got a chance to play with some really great hockey players, including Nathan McKinnon, the superstar center for the Avalanche. And so what all Sharks fans want to know is, what do you think of Nathan McKinnon as a hockey player, Matt? I think he's the best in the world, um, you know, and I, I, I know I, you know, got to practice with him every single day and, and watch him, so that might be biased, but um, he's, I think he's the most dominant player, um, He's probably he's the hardest worker. He's always working on his game and he's one of the most competitive guys that I've ever played with. You know, all he wants to do is win and all he cares about is team success. And um, yeah, it was really, really cool to play with him. Anything you'd like to add about McKinnon? He's so dynamic. Um, and whenever he touches the puck, you know, you just you, you know that something's going to happen, that he's going to create something that you know, we're going to score and, um, you know, even the opponents feel that way, you know, when he touches the puck, like, oh, oh boy, here comes McKinnon. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, uh, like I said, it, it was really cool to play with him and, and watch him day in and day out. It isn't just Nathan McKinnon you've played with, though, Matt. You've played with Joe Thornton. You've played with Patrick Marlowe, Joe Pavelski, Brent Burns, Logan Couture. You've been pretty lucky, haven't you, to have such great teammates? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really have, um, you know, those are just a handful of them. And, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate to play with all those guys when I was a rookie. You could, you know, throw Dan Boyle in the mix, too, and um, a number of other players. But, um, yeah, um, I was really lucky to come into a team, um, you know, that had veteran presence like like the Sharks did. And 
I think that really helped me as a young guy, um, you know, them understanding and um, being able to, to learn from them. And um, yeah, it's something that I don't take for granted. Um, I, I was very fortunate. How much have you changed as a person since you first came into the NHL compared to where you are now? As a player, I think I found what, what works for me in this league. And I found out what it takes um, every night. So I think I, I learned a lot of consistency over the years. And um, as a person, um, I'm just older now. And I know I know what it takes to, to, to win at this level and, um, you know, to, to get to the, to the Stanley Cup and I think I guess that's pretty much it. Matt, last season when you were playing in Colorado, the Sharks had the number one penalty killing unit in the entire NHL. But the two top forwards for Coach Pete DeBoer and Bob Bugner last season, Melker Carlson and Barkley Goodrow, are no longer with the team. Do you feel a sense of responsibility, Matt, to carry on the torch for strong penalty killing and to become a steady veteran for a lot of young players that are in the room this year? I take a lot of pride in penalty killing and... um you know, it's something that that I became good at when I was in Colorado. And, um, you know, I was a top penalty killer in Colorado for the last few years. And so to come to a team that, you know, was first in the first in the league in penalty kill last year and knowing, you know, that they have a system that works, um, you know, I've been really excited to come in here in training camp and and learn that system and learning as best as I can for game one. You know, Matt, looking over your career, you've been involved in some pretty intense playoff series, not the least of which was when you were playing for Colorado against the Sharks in 2019 in that series that went seven games. Now, tell us a little bit about your theory of the intensity of the playoffs and what that does to your psyche. It's the most fun time of year to play hockey. And, um, you know, I think... I think the difference between, you know, playoffs and the regular season is the magnitude of, of, you know, every single play and every single battle. And, um, you know, you're, you're playing the take the same team for a full series and, you know, there's a lot of figuring out, um, okay, they're doing this, we have to do that. And, um, I think in a seven game series, I, I truly believe that the, that the better team does win. And so, um, yeah, just, just to play to play on that playoff stage is is an unbelievable feeling and um it's it's a ton of fun what are your feelings about returning to the sharks it's amazing you know i it's like uh i still i still wonder how it happens and um you know it's it's hockey's a as a crazy crazy world and um yeah I'm, i'm really fortunate and happy to be back i'm excited and i can't wait to start you're listening to the Shark Spotlight on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Let's find out a little bit more about Matt Nieto, the man. When you're not playing hockey, Matt, what do you like to do? I like to take my dog on hikes, and I like to play Fortnite. Wow, really? Fortnite? Is that a big thing in the NHL these days? I think it is. You know, I think every team has a, has a handful of guys that play now, and it's... Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy, but it's fun. And, you know, after a, after a long day at the rink or after a game, I think it helps you, you know, get away from, from hockey. And, you know, you're just with your teammates on the headset and talking and having fun. 
What kind of dog do you have? I have a Rottweiler. He's a big boy and um, he could be scary, but uh, for the most part, he's just a big baby. And, um, you know, he, he's really active. So, you know, he loves going out on hikes and, you know, me and the wife, we take him, we take him everywhere. He goes everywhere with us. So he's, uh, he's been awesome. Given all the places you've lived, your wife could be from anywhere, but where's she from and how'd you meet? So she's from Southern California also. And I actually met her after my first year with the Sharks. So after my rookie season, we met in California and yeah, you know, we dated for a long time and uh, got married and a couple of years ago and in Hawaii. And yeah, it's, it's been awesome. How about your taste in music? What's your favorite band? Ah, that's like a coin flip between uh, Sublime or the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Those are a couple of interesting genres. How do you go about discovering new music these days? You know, a lot of it, I have the Spotify app and, uh, you know, it's got a tab that says, you know, new songs this week. And, you know, it's got the top of the chart songs. And so it's easier than ever to find new music today. How do you prefer to navigate the social media world? Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy world now with all of that. And um, yeah, I'm actually off all of social media um, just, just because, you know, I don't want to be buried in my phone all day. And, and, you know, I mean, that happens, you know, I I did have social media um, for a while when I was younger and I just found that I was spending too much time on my phone. And, um, you know, now that I'm off of it, um, you know, I'm able to enjoy some, some other things. What else do you enjoy doing for recreation? I like to play tennis. Um, I love playing tennis in the off season. I play tennis a lot. Um, you know, during season, I can't really do it as much, but, um, you know, in the summers when it's nice out, uh, definitely like to play tennis. Now that's an interesting shift from the standard hockey stereotype of playing a lot of golf in the off season. When you play, do you like to play singles or doubles or both? Uh, it depends, you know, if the guys that I'm training with, you know, sometimes we could get doubles matches going. Um, I like singles more, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, and, and in terms of golf, um, I, I'm not a golfer. Um, and so I, I don't really play golf a whole lot. What do you think of youth hockey in California these days? Yeah, I think I think it's better than ever, you know, even even in the off seasons now, um, you know, going to the rink and, and training, you know, I get to see, I get to see some kids skate and, um, you know, every, every kid is so skilled now. And, um, you know, the coaches are really doing a good job in California and, you know, it helps having, um, you know, three NHL franchises and, uh, in the state also to help grow the game, you know, and in, in Northern California, you got the Sharks and in Southern California, the Ducks and the Kings and, you know, all have minor hockey programs that, you know, are, are huge in the communities. And um, yeah, you know, these kids are getting really good. All pro careers come to an end eventually. And I was just wondering if you were thinking about staying in the game of hockey in some way after your pro career is over, especially in a state like California, where you and your wife are pretty likely to settle down. It's definitely something that I, uh, you know, that I put thought into from time to time. And, um, you know, I definitely want to stay around the game of hockey. Um, you know, it's my it's my true passion. And I would I would love to get involved in um you know, coaching and development, um, you know, of these kids. And 
um yeah i don't have it all figured out right now but um you know when the time comes i will and um it's gonna be it's gonna be something that's that's gonna be fun and that i'm gonna love doing i'm sure you probably run into some of your former youth hockey teammates who are playing in the nhl these days people like emerson edom and rocco grimaldi and bo bennett do you keep in close touch with those guys yeah so i talk to rocco whenever whenever we play each other and um Emerson Edom is my is my best friend, and so I talk to him all the time, and and we stay in touch often. Where is Emerson these days? Is he playing anymore? Yeah, so he's done playing hockey, and he is now into coaching. Is he coaching in California? No, he's actually coaching a junior team in Missoula, and um, he just started that this year. But um, yeah, I think he's gonna you know turn into a great coach one day. You know, he's, he's played at the NHL level and, um, you know, he has a passion of for working with kids and, um, you know, talking to some of his players, um, you know, they all really respect him and, and love him as a coach. So it's pretty cool. So if you weren't playing professional hockey, what would you be doing? Definitely something, something still in the sport. Um, like I said, hockey is my true passion. It's something that I, that I truly love and, um, I think I would be doing something in that or um, something in uh, fitness, like strength and conditioning coach or something like that. Do you watch what Mike Potenza, the shark strength and conditioning coach, does each and every day? You know, when I when I found out that I was going to be coming back to San Jose, um, I was I was really excited to to be able to come back and work with uh, with Mike Potenza. Um He's a, he's a special individual in uh, strength and fitness. And um, yeah, he's uh, he helped me a lot when I was a rookie and um, you know, now that I'm older and um, you know, have, have a different body type than I do when I was younger. um, You know, I think he's going to help me a lot throughout the season. You have any special messages to Sharks fans? You know, I definitely miss the, the fans in San Jose. You know, I miss playing at the Shark Tank. And I'm just hoping at some point in this season we'll be back at the Shark Tank. And hopefully we, we can play in front of fans, you know, at some point this season. I think it'd be really cool to to be back into that building when it's packed and, and sold out. So I'm really hoping that I'm here for, for that day when that happens. Matt, it was great spending time with you. Thanks a lot. All righty, Dan. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Matt Nieto in our Spotlight. I'm Dan Rusinowski. The Shark Spotlight is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.